Hey, what is going on, guys? And welcome back to the Soto Mojo podcast. I am Colby Patnode, and I'm joined, as always, by Ty Gonzalez. Ty, how you doing? Doing, uh, doing all right today, man. What about yourself? Uh, doing okay. Not too bad. Not too bad. Got the All Star game today. Got you know Cornelius uh, repping the Mariners. Good day for Colton. He's been celebrating on the website a little bit today, so excited for him and all that's going on with that. So next up on the list is we got to get him to wear Cornelius on uh, on Players Weekend. So continue to push that campaign over the next few weeks to make that happen. Yeah, it'll. Uh... That one might take a couple of years, but uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think Bogey is probably the uh, leader in the clubhouse for the uh, Players Weekend, but we'll see what we can do there. So um, today's show is going to be interesting because we don't really have a plan. Um, you know, All-Star Weekend's pretty slow in general, um, especially since we're not going to talk about the home run derby. We're not going to talk about the all-star game itself. Um, I didn't even watch the derby. I heard that Vlad hit like a million home runs um, and still lost. And that's mm-hmm. about all I know. So um, I believe he hit 91 on the night and Alonzo hit somewhere in the sixties. So they should probably change that format because I don't think that's very fair but you know whatever they didn't put Vogue in so i don't really care about their stupid contest yeah i didn't want to watch it anyway um <laughs> so so yeah uh so again not really a whole lot going on mariner wise this week um one thing that did happen that we have not discussed yet is the uh, mariners did make a trade um they did acquire another uh, pitcher to throw on the uh the pile so to speak um, they trade cash basically to the uh, San Diego Padres in exchange for pitcher, a right-handed pitcher, um, Matt Whistler. Uh, so Ty, what did you think of that? Because, um, I certainly have had a pretty strong opinion of Whistler. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's an interesting play. It's kind of, you know, it's a, a very similar, trade to what you see DePoto kind of aim for a lot. But, um, you know, former former starter that's kind of turned reliever really hasn't had a whole lot of success uh, doing either right now. So he's bounced around a bit. He got traded to the Reds last year in that Adam Duvall deal. <clears throat> Made his way to uh, San Diego this year. They DFA'd him, uh, which led to the Mariners getting him. And I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting idea. Uh, I would like to see um, them maybe try him out as a starter potentially at some point. Uh, maybe if, you know, Tommy Malone gets traded or, or Wade LeBlanc or uh, Mike Leak, if, if that creates an opening, maybe give him a, a starter two there to see what he has. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it, it, it's another chance to, to get an arm in there and see what you have. And, you know, you didn't really give up anything for him. So, um, yeah. Right. Just straight cash. Um, yeah, you know, Whistler's an interesting arm. Fastballs, low 90s. He can hit. He can touch 95. 
on occasion. He throws the slider a lot. It's more of a slurve than a slider. Um, so, I mean, it's not a great pitch, but he does throw it a lot. And it does generate a pretty good amount of uh, swings and misses. So, um, you know, 35 strikeouts and in 30 innings this year. Um, you know, the changeups never really developed. But, again, Whistler was the guy who in 2000. 15 2016 right around the 2015 he was uh he was a top 100 prospect um by mlb pipeline um he was really highly regarded um he pitchability guy uh but still like you mentioned he's only 26 years old he'll turn 27 in september so there's still some upside here there's still some potential um and we did get to see him pitch in a game uh for the mariners right before the break he gave up a home run to loriano which really shouldn't have been a home run um ball was pretty clearly clearly foul and um i i guess mlb replay disagreed i i don't know how they could but uh anyways so yeah they'll throw him on the slab they'll see what uh if they can make anything out of him um kind of similar to mike wright in a lot of ways um you know just kind of a former starter has some starting experience never really figured it out, moved to the bullpen, and it just, eh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, Whistler's a guy that I liked a while ago. Um, when he was DFA'd, I kind of speculated, hey, this is probably a guy DePoto would have interest in. Um, and as it turns out, they did. Uh, so we'll see. He'll get uh, the rest of this year to prove or to sh- try and show something. And who knows? You know, the Mariners have had good luck with uh, Brandon Brennan and Connor Sadzik and Austin Adams, um, just you know, finding guys and helping them reach their full potential. Um, and so maybe they could do the same with Whistler. And I still think there's a chance that Whistler makes a pretty good candidate for the opener um, if Seattle wants to keep trying that. So um, he said, ultimately, it's no risk, moderate reward, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're not Whistler's not going to be an ace or anything like that. He's, I mean, he'll be lucky to stick around in the bullpen, but uh, there is that possibility. So, yeah. All right. Um, let's see. So now that we got that trade taken care of, and we have nothing else planned to talk about, I guess let's just talk about where the team is, man. We're at the halfway point, um, past halfway point, about two weeks ago, but. I mean, I guess not technically the halfway point, but the the point of the season everybody considers the halfway yeah. point anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about some stuff, man. The Mariners, uh, they finished the first half, uh, well, with 17 games under 500, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, 16. 16. 16, okay. And yet I see a, I see a bunch of people saying that they were – they're disappointed in the Mariners first half. Um, I guess my question is why? Like (laughs) why indeed? Um, I think it is very hard right now to please the masses. (laughs) You know, there, there are a lot of different directions that uh, many fans want this team to go in. uh, And had a uh, sight set on for this season and uh you know whether that's right or wrong is another discussion but <laughs> um yeah i think uh they're right where 
you know, I, I think they're kind of right in the sweet spot where they're, they're not winning games, which is, a, you know, which is appealing to some fans. And they're, but they're still, you know, showing some signs of life with, you know, the likes of J.P. Crawford and Alex Smith, etc. Um, where it's not completely unwatchable. And provides, you know, a bit of hope for, for future years, you know, and, and the things that need to go right are going right, thankfully. Um, so I think there's kind of a best of both worlds type of uh, thing going on right now. And, and um, I'm not disappointed or, you know, my expectations have been exceeded or anything like that. I think I'm were right where I was hoping they would be. Yeah, it's just, you know, they're, I think if the season ended today, they would have the sixth overall pick. Um, and some people are unhappy that they're not picking in the top two. Um, on, on the other hand, some people are unhappy that uh, they didn't continue with their 13 and two start. Um, I just, I, I don't know what you what you're what you were expecting if you're disappointed at this the mariners well, came the out thir- the 13 and 2 start was the worst thing that that could have happened for this team uh, or mean, at least for the fan base only if uh, you let it because yeah, well, it the didn't, casual fan base you know yeah, it didn't take a genius to figure out that's not that's i mean that's not sustainable that's not the roster was never like we said when they did it you know that's probably the high point they're never going to be you know have a win 13 out of 15 again uh, not this year. I just, I don't understand like what I, I don't like the Mariners came out and they told you we're not going to be very good this year. Like They were very honest about that. Um, you know, you and I talked about if everything went right, they might be 500. Mm. And pretty much what you saw in June was basically the team we thought we'd see. A team that could compete with most, but wasn't going to win series. Um, a team that would get blown out on occasion, but also have some young guys. You're going to step up, do some fun things. They're watchable. They're not great. Um, and there's just some good signs for the future. The bullpen was going to be bad. Like, what exactly from the Mariners have you seen this year that we haven't talked about, that Jerry DePoto didn't talk about, that anybody with any kind of basic knowledge of this season talked about i mean nothing has gone worse than they could have imagined really mm-hmm. i mean i don't i don't understand where you expected to be at the all-star break if you didn't think you're going to be you know 10 games under 500 or more i just i don't understand the bullpen's been a little bit worse than we expected okay but that's fine it's the bullpen like i i, I don't get it why what is disappointing about this first half it's exactly mm-hmm. what people expected yeah, I I don't get it. I just I, I don't understand. Um, you know, and then we have that great baseball minds on seven ten ESPN talking about Yusei Kikuchi's been really disappointing this year. Has he really? Uh, I mean, because has he had some bad starts? Yeah, sure, of course he has. But disappointing, really? Like after a half a season, I. I don't know where you get that adjective from. What were you expecting? And I think that's what it all comes down to, man. Your expectations were too high. If you thought Kikuchi was going to come in here 
and be a number two right away, your expectations were too high. Nobody even thinks he's a two. Most people said he's a three, right? Hmm. And if I remember back to our podcast at the beginning of the season, this is more or less what you expected. You call it, you know, he's going to be a, you know, mid four ERA guy, struggle some, look great some weeks, but, yeah. you know, pretty much an uneven season. What He's a rookie. Like, yeah, he's 27 years old, but he's still a rookie. I, I don't know what you're. He's I don't, a rookie that mainly survives by pitching to contact and, you know, doesn't have a great, uh, you know, strikeout record, you know, back home. So you expected <laughs> that there was going to be some struggles that he wasn't going to be able to miss bats consistently in his first year and really adjust to the MLB. Plus, you know, you got all this stuff going on with the balls and everything that, you know, people are all caught up about, you know, there's just, and then also all these things going on in his personal life to start the season. He start he makes his MLB debut in J- in Japan and Ichiro's last game, his father passes away like a week later. Uh you know, just adjusting to life in in America and everything. It's just it, there's a lot going on for for the kid. He's adjusting and, to a new culture. He's adjusting to a new uh, schedule. He's adjusting to a new baseball. Uh, by the way, his wife is pregnant. She's about to have yeah. their first child. And I just sit there and I go, so you pile all that on to a 27 year old who's still trying to learn the language. I, I just I don't know what more you could have wanted from Yusei Kikuchi. Has he been great? No, no, he hasn't. Has he flashed that he could be that number two that people thought he might be? Yes, absolutely. He went into Yankee Stadium and he dominated. Mm-hmm. All right. You know who's not going into Yankee Stadium and dominating? Wade Miley. Uh, you know, Wade LeBlanc. Tommy Malone, those things aren't going to happen on a consistent basis. It could happen for you, say. So I don't know why that would be a disappointment. I don't understand what do people want from the Mariners this year. They told you they weren't going to be good. They told you there was going to be growing pains. They told you they were going to trade veterans. Yeah. And looking at, you know, just uh, his projections for the year, he's about right where he should be, you know, mid like you talked about mid four ERA and K per nine around seven uh, walk rate of, you know, in the low threes. And, uh, and that's about what you could hope for, for all the things going on in his life and just, you know, adjusting to the competition of, of major league baseball. It's, it's a huge, huge leap. Yeah. So it's, you know, <clears throat> that's just um, that that was to be expected and I think like if you didn't expect uh, or if you expected more than that uh, I don't know what to tell you that's uh, really this is what you would hope to see maybe you know you would have hoped to, to see a little more consistency out of him but you know he had that he had that one really good stretch of like three four starts where he looked fantastic and you play off of those things that when you see glimpses and you and you see them see player young players flash these uh, these kind of capabilities, you you roll with that um, because you know that that potential is there. Right, um, like I said, in his first twelve starts um, of his big league career, he threw sixty three point two innings, struck out fifty, posted a three eight two ERA. Only walked 15, 
250, 297, 414 uh, OPS. So that was the first 12 starts of his of his uh, career. There in the next or in his last uh, seven, you're talking about a 701 ERA, 333, 408, 612, um, only 34 innings, 18 walks. Um, so. What you're clearly seeing by the numbers is you're seeing him kind of sort of lose command a little bit. Um, and you're also seeing him, uh, the league figuring him out and him having to make an adjustment there, um, which he has. And like I said, by the way, in his last uh, three starts before the break, um, you know, 18 innings pitched, ERA right at four, 231, 325, 385. Basically, back to what he was doing in the uh, in his first twelve starts. So uh, he has started to make the adjustment back against the league, and we're seeing it. Um, walk still a little high, um, but we're starting to see him kind of turn that corner again. And uh, he looked—I thought he looked really good against Oakland in his last start. Um, you know, or at least he looked good enough. Um, I just—I don't know what. I like how is this different than 95% of rookies? They come in, they're really good the first part of their career, they struggle in the middle, and then they kind of make the adjustment and they finish strong. And so far that's what Kikuchi did in the first half. So like and there's and there's a lot to to be um encouraged by uh for me personally it's it's the hard hit rate. Uh 56th right now in in hard hit rate. Uh that's a that's better than James Paxson, Garrett Cole, Marco Gonzalez, Jake Arrieta, Walker Buehler. Those things, those, that's the 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 kind of encouraging numbers that you try to find here, and and that's something that you can work off of. Right, it's it's, it's all a bit. It's this season is just part of a puzzle, a puzzle, guys. It's a big puzzle, um, and. Just because you can't see something in 2019 doesn't mean you won't see it in 2021. There's no reason to give up on Yusei Kikuchi. There's no reason to call him a bust or disappointing right now. He's been about what you would expect as a rookie. Um, and honestly, if you expected more, you were, like I said, that's on you. That's the Jay Bruce conundrum there. If you expected the Mariners to get more in a trade for Jay Bruce than they did, that's on you. Your expectations were way too high. Um, so I, I, I don't know what to tell you guys. If you're disappointed, that's again, that's on you. Um, so I, like, I don't know. I, I really, I don't understand why Mariners fans would be, I get why they would be frustrated. Um, because even though it's, you know, it's a rebuilding season, you still want to, you know, you're still tuning in every night to watch a game. But for the last month, basically the Mariners have been, you know, they look a bit like a 500 team, and if they had a better bullpen, they probably would be um, over the last month. But they're not. You know, they are kind of what we thought they were. So, uh, you know, cue the Denny Green there. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, just I, I, I don't, I don't understand um, what's happening there. So, anyways, guys, that's enough of the uh, the soapbox lecturing, if you want to call it that. Let's let's dive into uh, what I'm sure most people want to talk about this time of year. Ty, uh, let's let's talk a little trade. Why not, huh? Yeah, for sure. All right, so it's fun. It is, especially when you have no plan. Um, <laughs> so, so let's talk a little trade here, guys. Um, 
let's start with a few things that we can probably agree on. Um, actually, let's let's play a game and we'll 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 uh, expand off of that. Um, okay. So I'm going to say let's play buy or sell. Basically, what you're buying or selling is whether or not the player I say will be wearing a Mariners uniform on August 1st. All right, you okay. ready? Okay. Let's start with an easy one. Mike Leake. So he's he's out. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we can agree on that one. Uh, let's talk about, here's an interesting one, D. Gordon. <sighs> that is an interesting one. And I, you know what? I'm going to say that they're going to be able to deal him. I think uh, a team will will uh, want to have uh, that kind of weapon on their on their team for uh, for the postseason. Sure, um, I think for both of those guys, you're not really expecting much in return. Um, yeah, probably more for Leak than Gordon. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know, man. I don't know if anybody's going to want D Gordon. I think if the Mariners wanted to do a Jake Shiner type of trade. I think they could probably find some team. Uh, I'm not sure they're going to want to do that. Um, well, there's a couple of teams that could use uh, a solid second baseman. Uh, right now, the Dodgers come to mind. They're running Max Muncy out there at second base most nights. Uh, Kike Hernandez. Uh, so, I mean, if you if you want to upgrade defensively and and offensively and also you know stabilize your lineup a bit more that could be an option for them um i don't know there are options where teams that if you know that can spend the money and uh you know the the indians make some sense as well the the red sox could make some sense um teams that can that can fork over the money that don't really want to give up a whole lot of prospect capital uh, right. could probably get him fairly cheap. So um, I think I think there will be some calls made, at least, on him. Right. I'm sure there already have been. Um, yeah. I just, I mean, D. Gordon's been so bad. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Like you said, the Dodgers make sense. The Cubs make a little bit of sense um, since they lost uh, Zobrist. So... Um, it's not like there aren't teams that make sense. I just question whether or not there are teams that um, teams that are willing to give up much of anything to get him. Um, but I do. I guess for if you're the Mariners, uh, is it more important to keep D. Gordon around for potential clubhouse type of things? Uh, if you don't get a deal you like, or is it more important to give the second base job to shed long for the final two months and uh, see what he can do? Um, well, I think you're heading uh, for a future with either shed long or, or some, you know, whether it be a prospect or, or a free agent that isn't on the team right now uh, at second base. I think you Give the time that you have right now to shed long before that position winds up more crowded, and just see what you have. You know, I. Uh, but you know, obviously, you know, I, I that would be fine uh, if D stays. The guys love D. Uh, he'll be great. You know, you know, he's great for for JP Crawford and everything. And and if that, you know, if uh, just from a clubhouse standpoint. Um, 
you know, if, if that helps you, you know, continue developing these young players and helps them, you know, find some sort of comfortability within the clubhouse, then yeah, keep them, especially if all you're going to get is like a Jake Shiner type. Um, so I, you know, I'm fine with it either way. I just, I do think that a team will, will look at D Gordon, even though he's just been putrid thus far. Um, I think him being a veteran and him being a, you know, at least solid at, at second base and having that speed perhaps just to come off the bench as, as depth, they would kind of like how when, uh, the Red Sox got someone like Eduardo Nunez, you know, a few years ago. Um, just yeah. kind of that guy that can play multiple uh, infield positions in a pinch, uh, can give you, uh, you know, decent production at the plate if in limited spurts, of course. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just I think there might be a fit there with, with someone um, but it's really all going to come down to how much money are the Mariners willing to eat on D, and if that in turn is worth it to them to not really get a whole lot in return, and also take away his presence out of out of out of the clubhouse because it's, it really comes down to is Shed Long who they see at second base long term, or at least you know hope that's the case. And want to give him those opportunities, or is Shedlong really just is is his future as this super utility, and that's their vision for him? Right, um, but I think either way they have to find out. Yeah, um, and waiting until twenty twenty to try and find out it just it doesn't make any sense for me. Um, you know, D Gordon is a uh, free agent after next season. Um, there is a uh, team option that they have to deal with. So um, basically what it comes down to is the Mariners, O.D. Gordon. Um, let's see. So we're about halfway through this season. Uh, the Mariners, O.D. Gordon, about $6 million this year, almost $14 million next year, um, and then a $1 million buyout. So they own about $21 million, let's say. Um Roughly about the same as Jay Bruce was owed. Right. Um, so I think, yeah, if you're going to, if you're going to trade D Gordon, you're probably going to get uh, a Jake Shiner type. Um, and, you know, if that's what they deem as, you know, fine. And it's the idea is, you know what, we're going to see shed long play every single day at second base, basically every day. Um, then that's that's totally fine by me. And if they want to keep D Gordon around, that's fine. So long as Shed Long is in the lineup, you know, basically every day. Um, you know, I just think if somebody's willing to give you anything, uh, give you any kind of salary relief, I think you should probably take it um, and let your young guys emerge as leaders. Uh, you still have Hanniger, you still have Marco, you still have JP, who looks like he's going to be a leader now. Um, you still have other guys in that clubhouse, so now, I guess for do me, do you think? Do you, sorry, just to to quickly put this in, uh, don't you think that D would net something a little bit better than Jake Shiner, just because he provides more defensive value and more value on the base pass than than Jay Bruce? Uh, 
Yeah, maybe. But I mean, at the end of the day, he's still like a zero war player. Mm-hmm. Um, he also provides no power, which is kind of the name of the game today. I think, I think a team that is well positioned to make the playoffs, like the Dodgers, I think they make the most sense um, because you can throw, you have a deep farm system. You can give up, you know, pretty much anybody in your top 50 and not feel it. Um, and when I say anybody, I mean anybody in their like number 40 through number 50 range. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and yeah, you know, you know, D Gordon, you're going to put him on your playoff roster and he's going to be your Dave Roberts, your Billy Hamilton, your what's his Terrence Gore. Yeah. You know, that's just his job is to go out and steal a base when you need it. Um, so he might, uh, I just, I don't know. At least I just, I don't, I don't, uh, if D Gordon is in the starting lineup on August 1st um, and shed long is still in triple a, I would be, I would be quite disappointed. So um, it's yeah. I, I, I don't know if they can find a partner for him. I hope they do. Um, and this is just one of those things, guys. Uh, if they do find a trade partner for him, don't expect anything back. Um, uh, and if they do get something back, then <laughs> great that's awesome uh so i don't know d gordon like i said d gordon's really interesting because do the mariners want to trade him yes i believe 100 percent they will they will try their best to trade him uh but the market is what the market is and i don't know if d gordon has much of a market but we'll see we'll see we got about uh what 22 days until the deadline so we'll see how all that plays itself out so let's jump over from d gordon let's talk a little bit about uh, some of these uh relievers um, so Rowanis Elias, what do you think? See a Mariner on August 1st? No, no. You think they trade him for sure? 100%, okay. 110%. You feel better about them trading Elias than you do Mike Leak? Uh, no, I think, I think Elias has a better chance because there's just so many good teams that need so much bullpen help. Right. There's just there. He, and they're going to get, and they're going to get something good for him because relievers are at a premium and not a lot of bad teams have good relievers right now. And the, you know, the market after Felipe Vasquez, Kirby Yates, those guys after that, there is a big dip. Right. You talk about a team like maybe the Red Sox who don't have the pieces to go get Velasquez or Yates, you know, those are those next second tier guys. They could be of potential value there. So, um, yeah, I think Elias probably gets dealt. I don't know if he gets dealt in a solo deal, um, but maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, and that's something we could talk about a little later. So you think Elias is gone, so do I. What about, um, let's let's assume that he comes back in a, you know when he's eligible and he shows that he can pitch relatively effectively. What do you think about Austin Adams? Um. Possibly, but I the shoulder inflammation. I don't, I don't know if that's yeah, that doesn't sound great. So um, even if it's grade one, it's still I don't I don't yeah. know if we'll be able to make it back. And then I don't know if a team is going to want to touch that right now. Yeah, I I think it's highly likely he's on the team in August. Yeah. Um. So I would agree there. Uh. I I can't think of anybody else in the bullpen that might. I mean, like Corey Guerin. Is yeah. anybody going to want him? Uh, I could see Corey Guerin getting attached to an Elias deal, just yeah, uh, 
just to give you know a bullpen some more depth. Uh, I, I believe in one of our traded days, I had both Elias and Guerin to the to the Braves, and that's just because you know a team like the Braves, they just need relievers who are steady right now. And Guerin's you know somewhat turned things around and has been okay. You know he's he's. I remember when looking at at the Braves bullpen during during writing that. You know, Corey Guerin's better than about four of those guys that are right and that are in their bullpen right now. So, you know, uh, 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 yeah, you so know, maybe, so, yeah. maybe a four man's uh, Brad Hand and Adam Simber for uh, Mejia or whatever. <laughs> like nowhere near that good of a return, but uh, you know, something like that. Um, yeah. Just kind of you know add a little more value to Elias. Um, I think maybe it's possible. Um, I think he's probably on the team because the Mariners still need uh, any guys who can, you know, eat up some innings for them. They have to play out the rest of the season. I just don't think well, Garrett... you gotta you gotta imagine at some point we will see Art Warren, hopefully. Um, I mean, I don't know. At this point, we probably should have seen Jake Fraley, and they haven't called him up. And I think they waited way too long to call up Braden Bishop. So I mean, it's I I don't know, man. I. I think the Mariners are trying to get too cute with service time right now. Um, like Sam Delaplane should be on the big league roster right now. There's no reason not to see what he has. Um, so I don't know. Maybe at least <coughs> I don't know. Yeah. if I had to guess, I'll say he's still on the roster. Um, but I don't know. I and to be to be frank, I don't really care if he is or isn't. Um, yeah. I, I don't think he's going to get you anything worth writing home about. So. Uh, you know, unless he's attached to a bigger deal. Um, so let's talk about two starters now, two different starters. Um, what do you think about uh, Wade LeBlanc? You think he's on the team in, on August 1st? Um, I think that's kind of the wild card. Um, I think a team, you know, like we, I looked at the Rays specifically in an article that I wrote uh, with, and I had him packaged with Elias for, for Nick Solak. And, um, I think that makes some sense. If if he can go to a team that, that has a good bullpen, the a, the A's are another one uh, because he comes so cheap and has control. Um, and if it's a team with a good bullpen that can help him get deeper into games, you know, if they if they employ the the opener uh, strategy with him as the Mariners have done, which has been pretty much a success so far for him, and uh, and just getting him through, you know, onto. Uh, deeper into games and uh yeah i think I, I i i think he might actually get traded i think he might not be a mariner august 1st yeah he's really interesting he's actually uh posted a 1.1 uh b war um which is quite good um especially when you consider who he is uh and when you look at his game log uh it's his overall numbers are pretty much destroyed by two terrible outings uh, his first outing back off the uh, IL, he gave up seven earned in two and a third innings against Minnesota. Um, and then he was pretty solid for a while until he ran up against Oakland um, about a month later. He gave up uh, six earned runs in 2.2 innings. Um, so, you know, you take out the 13 earned runs in five innings, um, and you're looking at a guy who in uh, – who in uh, 62 innings has given up a total of 20 runs. 
So you're looking at a three ERA, give or take. Um, like I said, we know he, ha- he has experience in the bullpen in his career. He has experience being the headliner or the piggybacker or whatever you want to call it. He can also just go out there and pitch in the first inning and be uh, just fine. So I think Miley, it, or Miley, sorry, I think LeBlanc, I think LeBlanc is going to be interesting to a lot of teams because he's he's versatile. And when you're in, when there's no more August trades or anything, and you have LeBlanc sitting there as kind of your sixth starter, somebody gets hurt, that's fine. You throw LeBlanc in the rotation, or you keep him in the bullpen, and you can kind of do both. I think his flexibility gives him some value. So I think where LeBlanc could be traded um but they could keep him around he's got like three team options after this year so yeah. um at like no money whatsoever so um he, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah he's he's really interesting but you know look at the numbers right now after uh, after starting to uh piggyback the opener uh 297 era uh and he's uh, gone for almost 40 innings uh, in that time, and uh, let's see here, it's been four, five, six, seven games. That's pretty good. You know, he, he had the the eight inning affair against the against the Astros, which was technically a or not or unofficial, unofficially a complete game for him. And, uh, you know, they it went six innings against the Angels, six uh, and a third against the Orioles, six two-thirds against the Athletics. So that's done wonders, wonders for him. So I think a team like the Rays or, or the A's, that makes a lot of sense for him. Um, and Tommy Malone, do you think he's on this team on August 1st? Uh, so I wrote about it today. I think a team will go after him. There isn't a whole lot in terms of starting pitching on, on the open market right now. Obviously, you got some of the bigger names like uh, Matt Boyd, uh, possibly Jacob DeGrom and Noah Syndergaard. Those are you know the kind of guys that, that the Dodgers and the Yankees, etc. Will, will be targeting uh, this month, but you know, for some of these other teams, you know, after like the second tier of Zach Wheeler and possibly Robbie Ray, I think Tommy Malone makes some sense for a team like Oakland, who I wrote about today, uh, who doesn't have a lot of money, uh, needs at least one starting pitcher, possibly two, because Frankie Montas is, is uh, suspended and is ineligible to pitch in the in the postseason. Uh, just a guy that won't cripple them from a prospect standpoint. I did have them giving up Dustin Fowler, but Fowler over the last couple of years has lost a significant amount of value. So. Um, it just doesn't really make sense for the, for the A's anymore. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that he's suddenly gone from triple A filler to an actual viable trade chip for the Mariners. And I think one of these teams that are kind of either on the cusp of a, of a wild card berth or in the wild card, uh, right now and need some starting pitching, but don't really want to go all in. Because that's kind of the trend that we've been seeing lately with these teams not really sacrificing a whole lot just to make a wild card spot, at least the smart teams. So, yeah, I think Malone makes some sense for for a team that's kind of just one toe in. Yeah, you know, a team that kind of wants to make a run but doesn't want to provide big, uh, you know, maybe even a a team like Texas just kind of... yeah. 
on the outside looking in and you know maybe if everything goes right we catch fire maybe we can sneak in there so maybe a team like texas or like you mentioned oakland i think makes some sense um ultimately i think guys like malone get kind of overlooked in july um so unless there is an injury of some kind i think uh he probably finishes out the year with the mariners and then he'll hit free agency um, and maybe get that Annabelle Sanchez type of deal from this off season. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, we've given, uh, given Tommy Malone some love. I gave him the, uh, unsung hero award. Um, uh, and you have moved him into the glorious world of trade bait, uh, which was just totally not foreseeable like a month ago. So, um, yeah, they might actually get something for him and that would be, that'd be pretty fun. Um, so let's 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 move on to what I think is probably the funnest discussion of these type of players. Um, let's talk about some catchers and some outfielders. Mm. So August first, Omar Narvaez, Mariner or not? Yes. Maybe. Tom Murphy. Mm, I'm gonna give a fifty fifty chance on that. I think a team <laughs> might actually might actually be interested in Tom Murphy and might give the Mariners a, a decent offer. On him because the Mariners they they don't have to trade him. He's under team control for four more years, I believe, yep. four or five more years. Four so, more years after this year. So yeah, so they 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 and have they him like for him. Long t- Yeah, so they don't they don't need to get rid of him. Uh, he's been a fantastic backup catcher for them this year. Uh, but you know there there are a few teams that are contending right now that need catching, and I'm sure both they Texas. both him and. Yeah, I'm sure both him and Narvaez will be brought up in discussions and probably have already, but, um, you know, we'll see. But I, I think it's possible that a team could come to the Mariners with an offer for for Tom Murphy or maybe would be willing to give the Mariners something they want if they were to attach him to Rowanis Elias, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the most likely way Murphy gets traded. Um, but I do think a team that we've talked about a few times today that makes some sense for Murphy is Oakland. Um, Oakland's playing really well right now. They're kind of looking like they're primed to make their big second half run. We know Oakland is cheap. Um, Tom Murphy's not making any money. Uh, and Murphy would probably be the best catcher on that roster. Um, and again, Texas has terrible offensive production from their catchers. Um, it's one of their biggest weaknesses. So I think those two teams in division, they could be interested in a guy like Murphy, who's not making money, has club control, um, and has some power. So I think Murphy is interesting. I think he's probably, if I had to get had to pick one, I think he gets traded with Elias or LeBlanc, somebody like that. So mm-hmm. um, maybe even Mike Leake as his personal catcher or whatever. Um yeah, I think that's an interesting one. So let's let's ship over to the outfield here. Uh, Mitch Haniger. No, because he is probably not getting even be back before the deadline. That's probably going to worry some teams. Um, it would be well. I it just really depends on if uh, on who the team is. Really, I think there are a couple teams that would just trade for him now just to have him for the future. So a team like Cincinnati, who's just, yep. you know, who who is in last place right now, but uh, is only four four and a half games out of first place somehow. Right. 
which is like, crazy to me. They're not they're not out of it for this year. Yeah, but, but a team that it's wants more about to, next year for them. Yeah, it's more about yeah, it's more about you know getting that uh, third outfielder to go along with Winker and Senzel or Senzel and uh, I don't know. So that that's possible uh, that a team like that could come out and kind of jump the gun on, on Hanager. Um, but it's really, uh, I think the only way Hanager gets dealt is in a three-team deal. Right. Uh, perhaps, you know, a team trades a, a controllable starting pitcher, and instead of a prospect package, they want Mitch Hanager. And, right. then, and the Mariners will, you know, take prospects from both sides, you know, predominantly the mm-hmm. the buyer of the, of the deal. So we'll see. Um, so I think that's possible, but I'm going to say that's like 10% chance. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's about right. 10%. Yeah. Um, so let's let's move over to Malik Smith. Um there might be some interest in Malik yeah, Smith. I think uh, there might be. Uh Cle- Cleveland makes a lot of sense. Yep. Um Cleveland makes sense for any of the outfielders really, yep. but but Malik's in particular I think makes quite a bit of sense for them. Uh, I was looking at that yesterday actually. Um I think Malik's uh, as well as as Hanager and as well as as Domingo, because I, I would probably say this uh, as well if you ask me about Domingo, um, I think it's a kind of a three team deal type of thing. Um, if a team you know a team might want to have a, a Malik Smith in return, you know a controllable uh, major leaguer who you know can contribute now and, and in the future. Uh, and the Mariners, with you know the amount of outfielders that they have don't really need him, you know, uh, especially if they're going to call up Jake Fraley eventually here and you got to assume Hanniger's back. I think if I have to put money on it, I think they do trade one of their outfielders. Agreed. This month. Uh, I just don't know which one, but I think the likeliest of the two or the likeliest are Domingo and Malik's. Yeah, um, Malik Smith since being recalled, uh, forty-five games, one hundred, uh, sorry, two hundred ten plate appearances, two seventy-five, three thirty, four twenty. It's about what Malik Smith has been for most of his career. Um, so, I mean, it's uh, safe to assume that he's back. That's a large enough sample size to show something that's sustainable. Um, his his early season slump is over. Um, and I think teams would see it that way. And like I said, he's not a free agent until after 2022. Uh, I don't think the team who acquires him would want him as their center fielder. Um, I don't think the Mariners want him as their center fielder. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think he probably sticks around. Um, and then that might be something they revisit this offseason. Um, but I agree with you. And like I said, the next name is Domingo Santana. I think Santana's probably getting traded. Um, and I think you'll probably see Fraley and Bishop kind of not really split the job, but I think, you know, Domingo gets traded with 60 games to go or whatever. I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, Fraley gets 40, Bishop gets 30, and, you know. That's assuming now, Bishop comes back. Right. Sure. And there, there's some question, some seem to think that by the end of this month is possible. I've heard others say 
he's going to really be fighting to get back by the end of the year. Um, and as you guys might have guessed by now, we're not doctors, so we don't know. Um, but yeah, I think you need to see Jake Fraley, and I think you need to see him on a nearly everyday basis. Um, and if Domingo Santana is not going to be the DH or a first baseman, uh, they're not going to try that. And they probably just need to get rid of him because as much as his offensive profile fits in Seattle, his, the whole idea of being, you know, really good defensively in the outfield, he's the worst fit ever. Um, and I mean, the Mariners have kind of moved away from that in recent years. I know. Um, let's not forget this is the same team that tried to tell us that D Gordon was going to be a good center fielder. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if Jerry's still on that outfield defense like he used to be. Um, but if he is, then Domingo Santana doesn't make any sense for the Mariners. They should probably trade him. And like you mentioned, there's Cleveland makes sense. Oakland even makes sense with Piscotty struggling and he's out for at least a month. Um, you know, you look at a guy, a team like Colorado. Um, there's a lot of teams that make sense for Domingo. He's got two and a half years of club control left. That's probably a guy you should trade now. Yeah. And I think he actually gets you something pretty decent. Like, um, I mean, there's a pretty good chance that he's the best controlled bat available, actually available, um, you know, at the deadline. So, um, yeah, like, uh, I had, when I did the three team deal, uh, with the reds and, and the Phillies a couple days for our trade today, I had, you know, the reds giving up Tyler Stevenson, um, to get uh, Domingo, that's that's a significant prospect. You know, that's not just a guy. Um, so that's that's kind of the type of player that I would I would expect Domingo to command. Uh, obviously, defensively, he's been pretty terrible, uh, but offensively, he uh, he can change a lineup. Yeah. Um... I just, I don't think, like I said, Domingo is a free agent after the 2021 season. So he's kind of on that fringe of your playoff window. Um, and your outfield, you know, you're liking what you're seeing. Um, in Malik's, obviously, you're still going to trust Hanniger to some degree. You have Fraley and Bishop uh, ready to go. Shedlong might be getting some time out there. Uh, Kyle Lewis has been tearing it up recently. You still have Dom. Thompson Williams, Evan White might have to move out there. Um, it's all possible. So, yeah, and you know, don't forget you got the two big boys on their way, right? In the next couple of years, so right, and a couple of a uh, couple of years away there, but uh, yeah, you know, we'll see. Yep. Um, I think it's likely that he gets traded. Uh, I don't want to say likely. I think he's the most likely offensive player to be traded. And I think it makes a lot of sense. So um, wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be too shocked to see him uh, moved on from. So Now, do you think there's any chance Daniel Vogelbach gets traded? No. No. Nope. I don't think any team's going to want him to be the first baseman. Um, and the teams that need DH, we saw this with the Nelson Cruz uh, offseason and the Edwin Encarnacion trade market. 
just not a market for DH only. So, no, yeah. I don't think he's traded. Yeah. Um, I think he's uh, he's going to be a Mariner for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, now, do I think they would trade him? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. They would absolutely trade him in a heartbeat if they could get what they thought was fair value. Um, but right now, he's kind of your only first baseman, um, unless you want to count Austin Nola, who, you know, I do know the Mariners like uh, quite a bit. But, uh, yeah, Vogelback's going to get a majority of the playing time at first base, and he should just kind of rule that out as a possibility. He hasn't been terrible over there, hasn't been great. Um, so I think you just kind of roll with him this year, maybe this off season, if there's a first baseman that becomes available via free agency or trade or whatever, then you can look to deal him. But, uh, other than that, I think he's probably hanging around. So, all right. So I think that's pretty much all the big names. Um, that could be sold by the Mariners. Um, but uh, I do want to uh, mention real quick here. Um, I still think the Mariners are going to be in the tr- in the buyer's market during the trade deadline. I don't know for sure if they're going to make a deal, uh, a buying deal. Uh, I, if I, In fact, if I had to bet on it, I would say no, because that's just a safer bet. But I don't know. I think it's possible and more possible than people think that the Mariners could make a buyer's move uh, this season. Um, you know, like you mentioned a few of the names, Matt Boyd, um, possibly. Um, you know, I think the Mariners might be interested in that if the price is right. Now, based on all the rumors coming out lately about how the Yankees are all of a sudden, they've always loved, you know, Robbie Ray and, oh, now they're talking about Stroman and Giles as a package. That tells me that the, uh, the asking price on, a guy like Boyd is just ridiculous right now. Um, yeah. And so maybe not a guy like Boyd, but I still do think that they're, they're going to make a, they're going to get a big leaguer back in one of these trades. Um, and maybe a semi um, substantial one, somebody who has had, you know, a track record of success longer than a couple weeks. I, I still think that's possible. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just yeah, I, don't... I you know the other day uh, you know going back to that uh, to that Domingo three way trade that I I wrote about the other day, uh, I had them also getting Nick Pavetta from from the Phillies. That's kind of uh, a guy that you can look at, you know, who scuffled at the major league level, but you know worked on some things in AAA and 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 kind of got back on the right track, uh, but just really uh, you know isn't a fit for his team right now and just needs a change of scenery. Uh, someone like that, you know, that's kind of your Marco Gonzalez type. Um, that's kind of what I've been looking at right now uh, for a major leaguer, but you could also, you know, look and see maybe they, maybe there's a position player that, that they, uh, that they really like, you know, perhaps second or third that, uh, that they're able to get, yeah, I think it's all possible. Um, and I think it is just important to point out that of anybody like anybody who's going to be on the trade market this year, the Mariners can absolutely afford to be in on those talks. 
That doesn't mean it makes sense for them to actually trade for that player, but the Mariners can't afford it. So uh, any player that is put up on the market, you see a rumor that, oh, they're shopping so-and-so. Hey, could the Mariners go get him? The answer is yes. If the Mariners wanted to go get Trevor Bauer, they could. They could be right. Does that mean that they'd have the best offer? Maybe not, but they would definitely be in the mix if they wanted to be. So yeah, um, I, I, that's never been true um, since I've been at the website. So um, yeah, and right now you know the Mariners, they, uh, their farm system is uh, is being talked about quite a bit now on yeah. on, on a national scale. And you, know, you had three players in the futures game and. Um, and you got you know six right now, and 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 pipelines top one hundred, and uh, pretty much the same for you know Baseball America, Baseball Prospectus, all all those uh, uh, publications are are high on 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 the Mariners farm system, and uh, it seems like that's the the consensus around baseball right now is that the Mariners have suddenly devo- you know developed their farm system into one of the best in, in baseball. Uh, and obviously, you know, that's driven by Julio and Jared Kelnick and Logan Gilbert at the top. But, you know, really, you look at this farm system and it has depth now. You know, you look at someone like LJ Newsom or uh, uh, Cal Raleigh. Those guys are right now, you know, in, in our rankings would be in our, would be in the teens. Um, so, you know, there, there's there's really a lot to be to be excited about with that farm system, but also they have a lot to trade from now. They do indeed. Um, so we're about at the end of our show here. Um, I do want to give some quick shout outs. We got three questions on Twitter, and I feel like we more or less answered them in the. Uh, conversation that we just had. Um, King Duck on Twitter wants to power rank the Mariners most likely to be traded. Um, I feel like we kind of covered that. Um, I think most likely to be traded would be Elias, um, followed by Leak, and then I would say Domingo Santana, um, and then D. Gordon. Like, I think um, somewhere in that range. uh, Chris, uh, he wanted to know what Mariners expected to be traded. Well, we definitely <laughs> talked about that. Um, he wanted to know um, what player not on the Mariners will most affect the trade value and trade timing of other of Mariners. So that's interesting. Um, you know, like I, we mentioned the starting pitching market. Um, there's not a ton of arms. Once Bumgarner. Uh, Stroman and Boyd, if they get traded, do get traded, then I think Wade LeBlanc and uh, Tommy Malone are kind of the next. Well, level. there's also the Zach Wheeler, Robbie Ray. Right, right, right. Okay. So, yeah, those are kind of the third level guys. Uh, we don't know, but we still don't know if the, for example, the Mets probably should trade Wheeler, but they can swap a qualifying offer and get a, uh, a, comp- a compensatory pick. Um, for him. So if they're not going to get something better than that pick, they can keep him. Um, Robbie Ray still has two years, I think, of club control left. 
so he's not a guarantee. I saw Trevor Bauer might get floated today. Uh, Cleveland's playing some really good baseball, and as now they're only five and a half back of Minnesota. Um, so I don't think they're going to be ready, willing to, to make that move unless they're blown away. Um, so I, I think, and you know, by all accounts, the the Tigers are asking way too much for Matt Boyd. And if they won't come off that asking price, then he'll stay in Detroit. I mean, there's, I mean, there's no way they're going to get Glaber Torres for Matt Boyd. It's not going to happen. Um, so I would watch that starting pitching market. Um, and I don't really think, you know, the catching market and the outfield market are really going to be that big. Uh, I think Domingo Santana and Tom Murphy might already be near the top of those lists. So, um, yeah. And he also wanted to know what player not on the expected to be traded list do you ho- do you most hope gets traded? Um, D. Gordon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's about it. I mean. I, I just I don't think they would be able to get what they want for Mitch Hanniger right now, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not sure if they'll ever be able to. But um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I I would like to see them be aggressive in in discussions on on Narvaez. I think. Yep. If they were they could be able to swing something kind of huge for him because it's just such a limited market. And there are teams that could really use an upgraded catcher. Um, But I don't know. I don't think they will. And I don't think that teams are going to be willing to give up what they would ask for. Right, um, because there's you know there's still the concerns about him defensively. He's gotten better this year, but you know still. Uh, there's also a point that he could be more worth more this off season um, if he continues to show improvement defensively, because um, he's only twenty six, twenty seven. So I mean, I think it's possible you could actually get more if you just let him play out this season and see how the defense develops. So. Yeah, um, but I think yeah. I, I think I would I I would like to see them at least push the envelope on that a little bit and just see what comes out of it. Um, right. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't really see another. I mean, possibly Marco. Um, if after you know, I mean, if after the you know Bumgarner if. Strowman's too high, Boyd's too high, you know. Um, maybe you listen to, to see what teams would, would offer on Marco. Um, I don't know. Yeah. That's really it, though. Yeah, Marco's got that four and a half years of club control, which makes it uh, <clears throat> unlikely he'll be dealt. But, uh, yeah, I think it, I think you have to listen on to everybody on every player. Um, yeah. And that includes even guys like, Jared Kelnick, and it doesn't mean you trade him at all. But it, I mean, I, if a team's gonna off, if the Red Sox offer you Andrew Benatendi or whatever, 
you're at least going to listen. You know what I mean? Um, so I think, yeah, you don't, you don't say no to anything. Um, but you don't say yes to, to everything, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so, and then finally, uh, by the way, I really like this, uh, Twitter name here, build for the future Blake, um, (laughs) at Mr. Underscore Snyder 10. Uh, he wanted us to talk a little bit about Domingo Santana to the A's. Um, yeah, and I actually I did look this up last night. Uh, Stephen Piscotty hasn't been very good this year, and he's going to uh, probably miss a month or so here. Um, and you know the A's are looking for cheap offense, basically, to take that spot. Um, and yeah, I think I think there is a decent fit there for Domingo Santana. Um, and the A's have a really good farm system. They do with they do. a lot of guys that are very close. Um, one name that you know stands out to me right there is Jorge Mateo, who's like really close to the big leagues and doesn't really have a spot to play. Right, blocked by uh, Simeon, blocked by Chapman. Right. Yeah, so I uh, yeah, that's interesting. Yep, um, you know one of the guys I really like on that list is uh, James Caprillion. Yeah, really good stuff. Throws a lot of strikes. Just been fighting the injury bug lately. Um, but I really like that. That's a guy who could be an ace um, if everything breaks right. So I really like a player like that. Uh, last year I was a huge fan of Jeremy Ironman. Yeah. He's um, a shortstop slash third baseman. Uh, he was a third-round pick, second-round pick last year out of Missouri State. I really liked him last year. Um, you know, 2020 guy in college. Um Hasn't been off to the great start in his pro career. Uh, strikes out a lot, but uh, he's probably going to be a pretty good big leaguer. Um, there's a lot of guys to really like in this Oakland system. Um, you know, you talk about a guy like uh, Sheldon Noose, for example. Yeah. Yep. Third baseman who can hit, strong arm, average defender, completely blocked by Matt Chapman. Yeah. Or by Chapman and uh, also by Olsen if they wanted to move him to third and that's pretty much his only options are first and third. So, um, I think Sheldon noose could be a really interesting prospect, 24 years old. Uh, you don't really, as we discovered during our prospect draft, you don't really have a lot of depth at third base right now. Um, and so a guy like noose makes a lot of sense. There, there are some really good fits here. Um, in, in Oakland, uh, you know, I would say Mateo, uh, Caprillion and noose kind of really stand out here. Um, and obviously, I'm going to throw guys like Ironman, who I really like. Um, Nick Allen, defensive wizard, who I really like. Actually starting to hit a little bit. Um, Sky Bolt is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, he has an awesome name. Yeah, I think that's a really good fit. Um, and also, I don't think, you know, I, I don't think DePoto or uh, uh, who's the GM in Oakland? It's not Billy, Billy Bean. Anymore. No, oh, it's not? not. No, he's the like vice president or whatever. Oh, it's like David Forst or something like that. Um, oh, I honestly had no idea. <laughs> well, I so far neither of them have shown any hesitation trading in division. So I actually think Oakland is a really good fit for Domingo Santana, um, possibly also Rohanis Elias, and as we mentioned a couple times, Omar Narvaez and Tom Murphy. So and I think, Tommy Malone, yeah, Wade Tommy Malone. Mike. Maybe Mike Leak if you pay most of his deal. I don't know. 
Yeah, they're, yeah, Oakland's a pretty good fit for Seattle in the trade market. They have yeah. a deep farm system. They have a good farm system. They have needs, and they're kind of on that fringe of the playoff spot. They're playing really good ball right now, but they have a lot of ground to make up. I think Oakland would be interested in some of these controllable pieces the Mariners have. So yep. I think Oakland's a really good fit for Seattle. I think maybe there might be a trade or two here that uh, the two teams can get done in the next couple weeks. So yep. uh, good call there. Build for the future, Blake. Um, <laughs> so now I got a question for you. Uh, sure. And, and I, I have an answer for this one as well, but um uh, as we've been developing these trade day articles over the last few weeks, has there been a, an idea that you've thought of, but you just don't know how to complete it or really like, you're just like, Oh yeah, that would be cool. But you just don't, you're not sure how to flesh it out. Um, I mean, there are a few players that a few prospects and big leaguers that I've really liked. Uh huh. Uh, and I just can't quite figure out like what the deal would be to get them. Uh, um, you know, so, but typically if I can't flush it out, I just, I don't do it. Um, I don't know. Did, yeah. did you have one? So mine that I had in my, and this is one, one that I was just thinking of yesterday, but I, I had no idea how to even work it out. I think it's pretty much impossible. Was Mitch Haniger going back to the Diamondbacks and and the Mariners getting Corbin Carroll somehow in that deal? Uh, I love Corbin Carroll, so so yeah, so that's what I was trying yep. to figure out. I was like, nah, I don't think that I don't think I can make that work. It's probably an option. I like trying a three-team deal. Yeah, yeah, it's tough, man. Um, I think. The one I can't quite figure out is Matt Boyd. Um, yeah. It's just, you, you listen to what the Tigers are reportedly asking other teams for, and they're just non-starters. Like, why would why would the Astros give you Kyle Tucker? Why would the Yankees give you Glaber Torres? That means they're going to ask the Mariners for Kelnick, and that's, that's, not, that's a non-starter. Yeah. Matt Boyd is a good starting pitcher. He's not an ace. He's having a very nice first half. We all know he's not an ace. So yeah, it's just no. <laughs> just, and he's only earned like 0. 0.7 F4 over the last two months. He was like right at 2 F4 and then just kind of died off a bit. Yeah, Matt Boyd. He's like a 2 at, I think he's like at 2.9 now or 2.8, something like that. So I don't know. It's. Right. You know, even off of that, Matt Boyd, I couldn't figure out how to get Boyd here into Seattle. So, but I still figured out a way to get the Mariners involved in the Matthew Boyd, you know, sweepstakes. Right. So, um, I don't know, man. I think, I think Boyd is more than likely more of a number three starter. Um, and not that that doesn't have value, it does. But that is not equivalent whatsoever to Glaber Torres, Kyle Tucker, or Jared Kelnick. Not even close. Now, so. it's got to make you wonder what the Mets are asking for Jacob DeGrom. Right. They're having this, those discussions. You know, you know what? DeGrom, I, they, they, the Mets asked the Astros for Kyle Tucker yeah. to be in a DeGrom package. I wouldn't, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's. Yeah, 100%. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just if Matt Boyd, 
does this again next year, if he does it for the rest of this year and starts next year like like he has been, then maybe I you know. But I just I just I don't see it, man. I don't. I think the Tigers are probably trying to create a market that just doesn't exist. And while I think Boyd is a good starter and maybe the best one available, I think if you're like the Yankees or the Astros, you say, no, I'll just go get Madison Bumgarner for, you know, two months Yeah, for a B level prospect instead of giving you my, my studs. I just, I don't see that working out. So, um, we'll see how all that goes. Um, all right, guys. So we actually went way over time here. So I, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast and kind of us meandering around here on All-Star Week when there's not a ton to talk about. Um, so make sure you guys subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes of the podcast. Uh, make sure you visit the website, sotomojo.com. We have all of our Trade Day articles up. Um, we actually have a, an article looking at uh, the potential of signing Garrett Cole this offseason, which is an interesting subject. Um, one that we'll probably talk about in the podcast in September and October, um, you know, towards the end of the regular season and into the playoffs. But uh, before then, we'll we'll stick with the trades for now. Um, but a lot of good, yeah, <laughs> a lot of good stuff on the Soto Mojo uh, website there. So be sure to join there. Um, and finally, guys, if you have any questions, comments, whatever, uh, the best place to get a hold of us is on Twitter. If you want to tell us that our trade articles are bad, like everyone in the comments on the, on the actual articles, which is like two people, it's like the same two people going around to every article to tell us how bad our trades are. You can do that as well. Sure. Um, and when we call I bet you out, I bet they're pretty. I bet they're pretty lonely down there. So <laughs> might need some company. Oh boy. And uh, yeah, you know, if you guys want to do that and get destroyed because you don't have anything to say, then uh, you're more than welcome to. Um, by the way, if you're going to tell us our trade ideas suck, I hope you have one better because uh, any idiot can just look at an article and go, oh, that's not going to happen. Yeah, okay, come up with something better or shut up. Um, so Didn't we didn't we get one trade last year that was actually kind of close? I forget. I think it was the like, I think we I think it was like the Zach Duke deal or something. I don't know. I think we got like one of the trades like pretty close. Yeah, I think it was Duke, uh, and I I think we wrote an article about Maven. Um, so I I mean I don't know if we got the terms all that close, but we did identify Duke and Maven, um, and we were not very excited about either of them. But <laughs> yeah, uh, we did identify them. Um, we were pretty excited about Adam Warren. <laughs> yeah, we were, and that, uh, oh boy. Yeah. But anyways, guys, uh, yeah, if you guys have any ideas like that, best place to get a hold of us is on Twitter, at SotoMojoFS. So make sure you follow us there for all of our Trade Day articles and uh, all the Mariners' rumors and news that uh, we like to uh, speculate on. And occasionally, we just have a fun time and talk about other stuff on Twitter. So make sure you follow us on Twitter, at SotoMojoFS. Ty, you have anything to say before we sign off? Uh, no. no, I think that's it. I think we, we covered everything. Uh, good luck to Vogie tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, would would love to see uh, Cornelius put a show on, put on a show on national TV. That'd be kind of neat. Uh, I won't be watching though. So if he does do do something, I will be seeing that as a highlight because the All Star Game is garbage. It is. It is straight garbage. Um. 
So all yeah. lost their games are garbage. I used yeah, to love them when I was a kid, but now like as an actual self-respecting adult, the all-star game is terrible. <laughs> uh, would you rather watch the celebrity softball game or the all-star game tonight? The all-star game. <laughs> okay. I just wanted uh, to see, uh, I wanted to see where the line was. I'm not trying to see old ass Ozzy Smith try to hit a ball to the left field. <laughs> I just good. like, okay. Um, I just wanted to see where the line was. Um, Ozzy yeah. Smith is still alive, right? I know he's been in the celebrity games a few times. Is he still alive? Oh, I'm God. sure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna feel terrible about that if he's dead now. <laughs> no, no, no. He, he's still. Alive. I don't know if he played in this year's, but uh, yeah, he's still alive. Okay. So, anyways, guys, if you, if you do like the All Star Game, you know, enjoy. Um, I won't be watching, but uh, certainly not gonna try and stop you guys from watching. <laughs> Um, and you know, if I happen to be around a TV and I get an alert that Vogelback's getting his at bat, I may flip over. I may not. I don't know. We'll have to see how I'm feeling. Um, I just know it's going to be awesome when he steals the base. Um, sure. it'll be the highlight of the all-star game. So I don't know. Oh, isn't like during the all-star game, don't they have the Taco Bell thing? Like where you steal base and you yeah. get a free taco or something. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Vogue is going to get us a taco today. Well, <laughs> I mean, you would put him in the Hall of Fame right then and there. So (laughs) that is awesome. Uh, But yeah, anyways, guys, uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Hit us up on Twitter at SotoMojoFS. And, uh, you know, make sure you go to the website, SotoMojo.com, for all of your Mariners trade rumors, um, including some that we like to start. So you never know what you'll see there. Uh, So make sure you guys do all that for us. And uh, it would be greatly appreciated. So from all of us here at SotoMojo.com, Uh, and the Soto Mojo podcast, you know, good luck tonight, guys, and we will see you in another life. Peace. Peace.